Outlaws Outpost. Welcome, welcome, heroes, the Outlaws Outpost, your unofficial guide to the best Overwatch League team, brought to you by the Good Night and Good Game Podcast and the official Houston Outlaw supporter group, the Lone Star Vanguard. I'm your host, aka Visitant, aka Viz, and with me today from the Lone Star Vanguard is Joe, aka Nubatron. Howdy. Jordan, aka Cree Rex. Hi there. And Jake, aka Tuna. Hello! Holy heck, y'all, it's been a while since we've been on the air. Before we get started on anything, I need to know, how has everybody been surviving in a post-2021 Overwatch League world? I'll go first. Yeah, I've been uh, adapting and trying to understand the methodology behind a 5v5-style tournament. So I have been playing and watching a lot of Valorant. Okay. And, uh, let me tell you... Um, if you think being stuck in plat and Overwatch is tough, go play Valorant. <laughs> what about you, Tuna? What's been keeping you occupied over the season? Mm, well, I actually, so they announced that the finals would be in LA. So I bought the plane ticket and I booked a hotel and my buddy did the same. And then they said, hey, we're not going to LA. <laughs> so... So I guess you I spend just some time a, in LA. I spent a little vacation in LA and we actually, the gladiators had like a watch party for the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met like all the people that booked their flights, like the, like the New York Venom. What's the, the, the fan team. For the, five deadly venoms. Five yep. De- deadly venoms was there. Um, and Our so rivals, I was like, by the way, I, well, great folks, rivals, yeah. for great folks. So I was like, Hey, by any chance, did you guys hear there was going to be in LA and you booked your trip? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> same. <laughs> so, yeah. But thanks to the gladiators for putting on a nice event. That was, that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Cree, you've had the biggest world since the last well, time. What's been, what have you been up to? Well, I, we lost 6v6, but I gained a plus one. Hey. Hey. Plus one. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. Uh, my, my duo partner for life. Mm-hmm. How have things been going? <laughs> like just in, uh, in general, have you been just like playing some games, keeping busy with work? What have you been up to? Uh well, I've been playing single player games. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm the the one player that got lost left behind. I guess <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even play main tank or anything like that. But I'm I feel like I have because I've been playing a lot of solo games. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, it's, I've been gaming. Uh, haven't played overwatch too too much just because i don't know it's it's one of those games that like right now nothing is happening nothing's changing there's sure, like sure. nothing really bringing me back or wanting me to bring come back uh and if i do get into it i know it's about to change in a few months everything's so about like, to change it's everything's like, about do, to change. do i want to invest time in overwatch if i know it's going to be totally different you know, Let me tell you now. right now, as of time of this recording, that new uh, Witch Mercy skin. Everybody's going after it. Oh, oh! I could get, I could go on for this, but you know, <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna bring that subject up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be the bad guy, and I'll say it. All right, it's like, it's like that one person that's like, "Babe, I'll change." I promise. <laughs> Just 
Give me a couple. I'm working on myself. It's going to be better. I promise. <laughs> well, we gave them a shot last year. Are they going to change this year? Who knows? We'll see. We but will absolutely we'll, see. Uh, one more. Am I muted? No, you're no, good. No, you're okay. good. One more thing. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. I have 275 hours of Halo Infinite ranks. Yeah, we know. So, well, <laughs> just for, for the viewers. So um, it's totally like not perfect. Like what you hear about the game, it's got a lot of issues, but it, I, I've been like, I've been <laughs> the other night we queued it for two CP. We get Hanamura with Noob and Cree. And I said, Hey, can we not play this? And Noob goes too bad. So I quit. I ult at four and I jump on <laughs> Halo. So that's, that's some how my, that's how my gaming world is. It's, right it's now. been tough, right? It's been tough to, to be an Overwatch fan. Obviously all of us know that over the last few months, um, the content has been kind of very thin for us. Um, you know, we do hop on when events happen, but, you know, obviously all of us are waiting for Overwatch 2. The beta invites just went out or uh, the beta invite sign up just happened. Yeah. So we've all signed up for it and we're all really excited. And yet at the same time, we find ourselves going like, but for those of us who are still playing Overwatch 1, what's in it for us, right? And the remix event that's currently going on has had like mixed reception. A lot of people are like, you know what? The skins are fun. Um, but a lot of people are going like, look, this is kind of the dying breath of the game, essentially, <laughs> at this point. I think it's a great idea to remix cool skins. But man, the execution was so lazy, yeah. so boring. Yeah, I don't know. It just, a, lot of, it, a lot of people are just like, oh, look, white skins. I, great. I haven't grabbed this. Yeah. I haven't grabbed any of them actually. Uh, yeah, so I logged in. I've been working on like some of mine. I uh, obviously picked up Reinhardt because he's my main, and I picked up the not witch, you know, Mercy skin. But it is what it is. <laughs> the, the angelic Mercy. Yeah, but uh, like, Eric, I it, yeah, I, yeah. The, I my my thought process was yes, the white skins are a, a little lazy, but like they could have done this whole like remix thing and just use color yeah, <laughs> you, that, you that didn't have to that use is, is white like yeah. you know but you know I try, I, I, i'm trying to give some credit to the devs here i mean they're I obviously under a lot of pressure and a lot of them are working on overwatch too and like look man if i was like the dev that was like by the way can you make some skins for this remix event i'd be like yeah let's copy paste some stuff look i made you six skins good on me <laughs> so like i get it like, <laughs> so yeah. i know so kind of going back to getting away from kind of Overwatch 1 for a second, I know that we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the upcoming season for Overwatch League, but I want to take us back to last year real quick. Because 6v6 and Overwatch 1 were still going strong. The Outlaws were a real contender going into the few final months. And we've had time to process all of it. So I'm curious for the panel, if you were to think back on the last season of the Houston Outlaws, what immediately comes to mind for y'all? uh yeah i'll go i'll go first i'll go first um uh, okay and this is this is from this is me as a, as a fan right yes. is uh at the end of the season i think a lot of people had um false expectations right okay i uh, i mean i've obviously been a fan since season one all right i've you know i've been there we've all of us have been there when it was the darkest of times right mm-hmm and here we are finally starting to build towards something to where we have a real shot and we have results. 
Did we fall flat? Yeah, 100%, right? It was also it was also a different style of tournament. The rules were changing every other month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mind you, you half of your rosters consisted of rookies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in, in my opinion is I, I think that the expectations that were held of the outlaws towards the end was a little, um, they were a little, they were a little too harsh on them. Okay. Um, and, and I think people, I think folks were a little unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and, and I think that for the most part, I think I should, I think we should have retained most of them, but I, that's just, that's just my opinion, you know, going back on the whole, like it's, I mean, you, you, it's been this is it's all retrospect. Like, yeah, just give yeah, us your, just, your feelings from the heart. Like, give yeah, us your feelings from the yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it was only here. And you're expecting them to, like, build a foundation of, of, of rules that are constantly changing underneath you, right? Like, if, yeah. it was, if this was football or something like that, right? Think of it this way. That's like, it's, if, if, if you were the outlaws and you were playing, you know, American football, right? And every three weeks, they were changing the rules on you, given the same roster that you had. Mm-hmm. Were you still going to be able to walk out with a positive record at the end of the day? Probably not. That's like saying, hey, one week or for three weeks, you can throw the ball. The next three weeks, you got to run it. Even though you don't have a power fullback, not going to be able to run it. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's, it's, I think that it was just a little unfair to kind of judge them how they did overall just because they didn't make it till the end. Hey, this is not a positive record, man. I'll take that shit. Like we, yeah, I mean, we sure. had, you know, Anyways, that's just and for those of you playing along at home, every time the noob makes a non esports reference to an actual sport, take a drink. <laughs> so go ahead and take a drink now. Uh, what, what about uh, Cree Tuna? What do you, how did you feel about the, the last season of the Overwatch League when it came to the Outlaws? So I, I kind of chuckled when you asked the question because the, the fir- first thing that came to mind was uh, we, we dropped the ball. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't think it was any particular person's uh, problem or like faults or anything like that. Uh, I just think the team put a lot of pressure on themselves and they tried to live up to expectations and they just uh, fell flat on their backs. And I was just thinking, why did I ever expect anything else? I, (laughs) I don't know. It's, as it's, somebody who was born and raised in Houston, <laughs> I am used to all of the teams that exactly. I follow going really good and then like falling flat at the last minute. So which, it's which kind of par for the course. Which is why it made me laugh because it was yeah. like, I, I don't know why I had any other expectations or, you know, additional hopes, you know, I, I love the outlaws i've always loved the outlaws i will always cheer them and always support them even in their lowest of lows and i just i would like to see them succeed in something more than like just a regular season game uh but you know that's all i can get is you know wins against san francisco shock and i mean that was an amazing game that was one of the best matches the entire season if that's all i can get i'll take it that was a great game, mm-hmm. but you know, I just <laughs> I really need to start lowering my expectations <laughs> just a little bit because when I get that like hopium building, oh, mm. that hopium gets strong, and <laughs> yep. it's, it's, <laughs> and, it's and then it's, it's really disappointing when that hopium does not, you know, it doesn't translate. Sure. Yeah, the, the stocks market drops and your hopium is worth nothing in the end. <laughs> yep. What about so, you, Tina? 
so okay so last last seasons was was like it was like star wars phantom menace episode <laughs> one it was like it was like piggies like act like one so you have dante who's obi-wan kenobi and you have Jangu, who's Qui-Gon Jinn, and you know, he didn't make it to you know the second act. Um, we got KSF, who's basically like Jar Jar Binks. Uh, we got uh it just feels like and then and then in episode two of Star Wars, you've you've got a just enormous change. You've got like Anakin's like much older, much wiser. Uh it's like it feels like a new world, it feels like a new movie, so yeah, it feels like we're going into like episode two of the prequels here. For but Piggy feels like the main character. Feels like Piggy's like three piece arc. So okay. we're going on to act two. Wait, so who's Padme then? Padme? Uh, Dante. Who's Padme? I gotta know Jake. who Padme is. Dante. <laughs> no, no, Dante's definitely Obi Wan. Um, it would Padme. be May. Maybe, maybe it is Jake because he starts playing a lot more. Because he someone, takes over. He takes over Juby. Padme has to be someone who like. Piggy, oh no, Padme is got to be, you know, Padme is got to be uh, Pelican because Pelican mm. is the only reason, uh, Piggy is the only reason Pelican came to the Outlaws. Pelican was like, I want to be with Piggy. So mm. it's kind of like now we have that, like, you know, we have that, like, romance. They, it wasn't a romance in episode one because <laughs> oh, they were on ep- opposite teams. There was an age difference. But this is episode two. It's like, my, have you grown, Anakin? <laughs> but now we're on the same team. So now that romance can blossom. So what you're saying is that Pelican seduced Piggy to throw. No, 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 no. But, but it's Pelican, a said, Pelican said, I, I want to be in the outlaws because of Piggy. And that gives Piggy main character energy. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, okay. And, cool. he's, right. and Pelican is Piggy. Uh, uh, Pelican is Padme. So when I think about last season of the Houston Outlaws, obviously all of us, we wouldn't be doing the show if we weren't all giant Outlaws fans. Um, The most frustrating and difficult part of the season for me was seeing how well we performed pre-tournament to how we ended up tournament itself. So we would have, you know, a month of amazing games of like high energy and the Outlaws are like doing the best of the best. And then we'd get to a tournament and it was just like, and... Like it's it's rough. It's (laughs) it's fine, you know, and it's frustrating as a fan to see that. And it must have been increasingly like even way more frustrating to the players to to feel that exact exhilaration going into these things. Um, but I think that we performed exceptionally well. Um, the the things that we faltered on. We could we could sit here for three hours talking about the things they faltered on, but we've heard them talk about where they felt they faltered on for hours on end. And I think that for all of us, we're ready to like pick it all up, move it to the closet and move on into a new season, which is why we're here, which is why we're having this discussion. All talk of the past is now behind us. It's a new season, a new roster, a whole new game even. Um, obviously the biggest pickup for the Houston Outlaws postseason was none other than Wingstop as a sponsor. Hell yeah. Which is huge, right? Uh, but Wingstop aside, let's actually dive into the new league season by going into the Outlaws roster. And I'm gonna go point by point, person by person, and let's talk about this. Let's get our thoughts on what the pickups are because we have to start at the beginning, which is the, the fact that we started the entire new upcoming season with the announcement of Dante coming back. 
How are we feeling about this? I, I'll, I'll, and, well, I think it's been very apparent ever since the acquisition of Dante that this is Dante's team and that it is a matter of building around Dante, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's, I think that's fairly apparent. If, 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 if that's news to you, I don't know oh. who you're following. <laughs> Counterpoint, following Counterpoint we didn't build around Dante. We built around Piggy because who here is like a first, mm. no, no, first no, language? No, 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 no. I would debate that. I feel, no, like no, built, no, no, we, no. I feel like we built around Dante. Because Dante doesn't speak Korean. Dante was on the, the team way before Piggy. I feel like we no. built around Dante. That, yeah. I know, I know, but we Don, built. We didn't we, fill it with Western players. We filled it with we Korean speakers. We originally built the team with Dante in mind. Right, but this yeah. year is Piggy's team. Yes, uh, yes. I, I can accept that. Yeah, that's this, that's a, this that's year a valid, is. Yeah, that's why he's Anakin. That's why Dante's Obi Wan. Okay, okay. I see where we're. I, I'm seeing the analogy. Form I hear. As I hear news, but I, my counter take is it's Piggy's team. Okay. Okay. I'll say. I, okay. Can I say this? I think it's. I think it's Dante's team to lose, in the sense that. Sure. Look, like obviously Piggy and Dante have had this like bromance for a while, right? And we and Piggy was kind of brought on because he was kind of that dynamic that he had with Dante going on, right? And so now, sure, Piggy has been able to attract some folks, right? But at the core of it, it's because Dante needed it, wanted it, right? But uh, and. Given the, the amount of, I mean, we know I'm loving we, Kree's face right now. It's so <laughs> when we when we talk to when we talk to Piggy, we talk to Junk Buck, right, and just kind of the the personalities that they had, the dynamics that they had. I feel like you're you're not wrong, but I feel like this is Dante's team to lose because at this point now he's kind of like he's had his you know his hand in things of kind of like you know what kind of players we the team needs, kind of dedication the team needs, you know, and have, he's been vocal about players that he's played with in the past not contributing enough or not being focused enough, right? Now he's going to have that, right? So now if, if it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we got you what you wanted. If you don't produce, this is your team to lose. That's okay. why I'm thinking it as more of a it's Dante's team rather than Piggy's. Good argument. Cree, I need to know. Because <laughs> you feel like you're about to burst and like, I need to know. I need to know what's on your mind right now. Well, okay, we haven't discussed the additional pickups yet that we've mm. made for the team. Yeah. But I see Dante getting his own spinoff show on Disney Plus or whatever, <laughs> and he's going to become the main character again in that Dante is going to be playing Tank for the team. That's my hot take for the night. That is, that's okay. That's weird. I I would not be surprised if you see Dante come in in the lone tank role for a few of these matches and Piggy sits out because sometimes you just need an alternative perspective. Hmm. That's a that. hot take. That well, is a very hot take. Everyone welcome seen... to Dante must die. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Dante Lorian. We, yeah. we, we don't know what Doomfist is truly going to look like. That was exactly my okay, thought process. Okay, okay, okay. Now that so we, so Kree is like on to something. Dante good. could become like a Doomfist player. That was, mm. that was actually my who, thought process. And for I those totally who don't know, why I made that point. <laughs> Doomfist will be a tank. It's been confirmed. It was rumored. Okay. Now it's confirmed. Okay. okay. Doomfist will be a tank. <laughs> I, 
I knew so, I had this hot take for a reason. And I totally forgot that and, the reason was okay. of uh, Doomfist. But yes, and, it, and it's <laughs> not unheard of because we we we've assigned Hydration, who not this year, but Hydration is famous for becoming a tank player mid-season when we needed it. Right? Was that mm-hmm. us? That was that us. was us. That yeah, was us. Hydration was our tank player when we needed it. So wouldn't be the first time, and it makes a lot of sense this time around too. Dante also take. played. Uh, uh diva for us a few times uh but no i i dante has had experience on tank he when he streams he'll occasionally play as a a tank um like he uh, he had several like tank only accounts i think and he was just you know climbing the ladder with his all his uh all these roles i think wasn't he is he still number one in all roles or is he somewhere in the like top 10 or something I don't know. I, don't, I can look. I don't up right remember, now. but um, I I know he was always in the the top ten for uh, all roles, um, or it had some high top five hundred ranking in there. So um, so before we move on to the next player, um, I do want to briefly touch on the fact that I love the fact that of all the Overwatch League teams that exist, to me, and and this makes me feel kind of proud as a, as somebody who's rooted for Houston since day one. Houston, the Houston Outlaws seem to have this idea of legacy. Mm-hmm. We are the one of the teams, for better or worse, you could say it for better or worse, we seem to have a legacy. We have players like Jake that are around. We get players like Dante who become part of our family for multiple seasons. Uh, Rockus when we had him. Um, there's a lot of Overwatch League teams who completely just wipe their roster and just say like, oh, it didn't work, fuck it, and start over. And what we see with the, with the Houston Outlaws is they say like let's take out what doesn't work keep what does work and build from that and when it comes to me as somebody who's being a sports fan for this that means a lot to me like just just like saying like oh we're gonna scrap the team and like buy somebody new sounds like a new york yankees kind of strategy and not like loving the people who love your team like embracing that community and so Maybe it works to our disadvantage that we're holding on to the past, but honestly, looking at the roster that we have upcoming, I think that all of it is very solid and there's a lot of beneficial things to be had by keeping the people that we've kept and losing the people that we've lost. Bringing us into our next spot, which is talking about one of the other players that we did keep, which is Piggy, right? He is now our tank for the Houston Outlaws, our sole tank that we have. How are we feeling about this? I will go first. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, according to what Bini said, uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make a comparison here. So go ahead and drink now while we're at it. Uh, and <laughs> this comparison actually hit me about 30 seconds ago. So if you're watching the vod, you'll see my eyes open up a little bit. Uh, in the sense that, like, kind of another thing about it, Overwatch is a little bit kind of like like Formula One, right? In the sense where you can have someone. Frank. You can you can have a you can have a phenomenal driver, but if if the car that that driver is driving is not built to what his style is or to what the other cars are built around them, they're not going to be very successful, right? That's why Carpe and Jonak don't have titles. Dude, think of this. Think of it this way: Sabiobi, right? Remember season one, Sabi, uh, SBB? Oh my God! Everyone wanted to be SBB. He was a he was the best player in the league. Well, outside of Jay Jonak, right? Because he was the MVP. But 
you think about him and everything that he was able to do on that tracer, where is he now? He's right? married and retired. I, I, I get that. But, oh, I but think he's was, in the military. But, but you know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about over, I mean, like Overwatch necessarily. It's just kind of like after, after you know, Dive Meta was gone, where did he go? Right? Like, he's an incredibly gifted player, but... Oh, yeah. He went if, to Dynasty. If the, if, the, if the car, quote unquote, Meta is not suited to you, like... It's 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 incredibly tough. So it's okay. So so at that point, then we have Piggy. What does Piggy bring to the table that nobody else is on? That that's where it gets difficult. Who really knows, dude? Sabiolbi, by the way, is looking so good. He posts that picture. He's like a bodybuilder model. <laughs> he looks amazing, dude. He puts a lot of work into his body. I mean, congratulations, but is he in the league? Is, and then, is what I'm and then, and then I post this picture, and then Noob goes, "How dare you post pictures of me in the Discord?" <laughs> so, Very true. I, I think keeping Piggy is a smart strategy because Piggy is such a solid tank. But when you when you think about Piggy, and and obviously friend of the show who is willing to come on here and be interviewed by us, um, do you think that he has what it takes to really hold it down in a single tank meta? And I want to yeah, hear all not? of you. I want to hear yeah. all of you say yes, but also let's not say yes for the sake of saying yes because we're fans. I mean, there's a reason why we kept him and only him, and it seems like the allies couldn't make their minds up about Dreamer or Jongu, and I was Team Jongu, and I was weirded out about how we signed Dreamer, and then we <laughs> flip flopped, and we never really got chemistry, which is the the, the thing to look for last year. Mm-hmm. And Piggy was Piggy was constant, and he was good. And so, I'm looking forward to see what he can do this year. Creed, do you have any hot takes about Piggy? I always felt like Piggy was like I don't know, kind of like a one man show. Like mm-hmm. yes, he had like a history with Jangu, which you know was more. The two evident. the two of them together was amazing. Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was more evident. It really was beforehand, but there was a lot of times that Piggy was just making a lot of solo plays mm-hmm. um, or plays with like out the main tank so I feel like that's going to benefit him going into Overwatch 2 because you do not have to worry about oh no what's my other main tank doing oh you know oh my main tank's going down center I guess I should go back and behind him back him up or whatnot now Piggy has the freedom to play D.Va and you know, go on a flank. And from the ru- rumors or, and know. speculation that we're hearing, off tanks are performing very, very well in Overwatch 2. And, and that's what it seemed when I, when we got that like preview a while back, was mm-hmm. it's like the off tanks that were the big ones. Um, and the main tanks with their shields just kind of felt useless, I guess. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen what happened with the Orisa yet, so we're not really sure yeah. how she's going to play. In there was Overwatch a leak. 2. She's gonna have like a javelin. Yeah, but leaks yeah, but we, are, nothing's leaks are confirmed. Leaks. Yeah, so like, and yeah, even but... if you have heard of it, you haven't actually seen it in action, so you don't know how it's going to play. So, uh, I think Overwatch Two is playing like a really big factor in all of this, uh, with a lot of the unknowns. Yeah. Uh, which is why you may end up seeing Dante playing main or not main tank, V tank. Right. Uh, because now you have Doomfist in the mix. And is Piggy a Doomfist player? Doesn't really seem like it to me. Yeah. So I'm gonna 
I'm not going to be surprised if other teams are going to be taking their DPS players that play Doomfist and making them okay. their their tank for, you know, certain maps, you know, that might be more Doomfist friendly. But then that means that those players are also going to have to learn the ins and outs of other tanks uh, should the Doomfist not work. Or are you going to send your only tank player who's already having to learn all these other tanks yep. to learn Doomfist as well? Like, I, I feel like it's a lot of pressure for these these tank players. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. In such a, a short amount of time, too. In, in putting a DPS, a former DPS character into the tank category yeah. doesn't really help. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's all the same tanks, though. We'll yes. see. We don't know. Yes. We don't no know. new tanks yet. I believe Sojourn is a DPS. Yeah. yeah. I think so, I think like Mauga is like the new tank, but he's not been announced yet. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into some of the new roster though, right? We've gotten past our legacy. How do we feel about our pickups? We've got four to talk about. First off, Pelican on DPS. Huge. I mean, what's not to love, right? Yeah. He's rookie of the year. <laughs> Coming from a team that went to the finals when he got out of the hospital and like was playing on like ping, like high ping, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 the, the most exciting pickup. Yeah, but ah. but Pelican is also a a Dante copy, <laughs> whereas mm-hmm. Pelican kind of plays a lot of the similar roles as Dante. But maybe this so, plays okay. into your theory that Dante gets to hang into this the tank is, this role. This is why it's not that hot of a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with Pelican coming into the team, I feel like we maybe end up seeing less Dante on the, the field and more Pelican. Uh, simply- now I'm connecting the dots as we talk about this. All of <laughs> yeah, it ma- is no. starting to make sense. It makes sense. Um, uh, but Pelican plays Sombra, Tracer, Genji, a lot of those like flex DPS characters. Uh, so yeah, uh, it could be a meta where it is Genji Sombra or sure. Genji Tracer, and you're gonna need both Dante and Pelican in together. But it also could be a Ash Tracer or an Ash Sombra, that and makes then sense. it's gonna that makes be. Sense. Which one's the better one? Or it could yeah. be like an Ash Somber Doomfist, and then you know you're gonna get all three of them in the game at the same time. Sure. So who knows? Um, yeah, no, all of that completely makes sense. Uh, Noob, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about the the Pelican pickup? Uh, I think the Pelican pickup is pretty, is pretty pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think what I'm uh, most interested in is the support pickups. Okay, because um although are we shifting to the the supports now okay no, i don't know no, no. I, I can go back to, i can go back to uh to pelican you know, you can just, no, i'm down just to go on the supports great. pelican's yeah. great that's fine. yeah because yeah I, I think our general sentiment is pelican's great yeah i love him right um and it's high expectations that's it mm-hmm. yeah 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 but i think i mean we're walking into a second consecutive year of new supports and although they have their, they, I mean, they obviously have their accolades behind them. It's five v five now, right? It's very attack heavy, very DPS heavy, um, and so it's just like now it's a, it's going to come down to a lot of uh, motor uh, uh, 
or uh, he's back on F one again. Great drink, please, please. No, no, I didn't say no, 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 no. I said like, like like mechanics, right? It's gonna be one of those things where it's kind of like now more than ever you're gonna be able to, you're gonna have to be able to hold your own. So like I can see someone like Jay Jornak, right, who is a great duelist as a support, having to hold his own. I can but see excel that. Can in see a league that. like this, right? Yeah. Like he retired. I know that, which is why I'm so. Which is also, by the way, uh, R.I.P. Crimzo. I think Crimzo was a great uh, duelist. Like, like how many? How yeah. many times? Oh, would he you brought see... he brought kills to the field every time. Yeah, and how how often would you see him pull off a crucial sleep when you needed him, right? Mm-hmm. So, like someone that can play and just this this insane game sense type of like Ana or 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 a Zen, right? That don't have a ton of mobility. It's all about their utility and how they can survive against a tracer or a genji or something like that right i, I feel like that is going to come into play even more now and so I'm, i don't know I'm, just... I, I'm looking at our, like what our support lineup is which is both iris and lastro mm-hmm. and i'm like yo that's two very good players though i don't know so i know iris is good i don't know about lastro i mean like i just don't know about lastro so i'm i'm willing to be wowed um mm-hmm. lastro is when we when there was rumored that we were going to get him i'm like okay he hasn't had a huge presence in the league besides his controversial hot like hot moment in the chat mm-hmm. um <laughs> i've been on the val valiant i don't know Cree, what are your thoughts i was gonna say i feel like he was one of the shining moments on um toronto defiant last mm-hmm. year like he, he felt like he was one of the stronger assets of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Completely agree. So I understand the pickup. Um, I'm sure he wanted a team that was, you know, more different. I don't know. I, I feel like Toronto last year might've just been one big jumble mm-hmm. of oh. stuff going on. And <laughs> uh well, sometimes you just need to, to to bail out of a bad situation and find something else. On April fifth, twenty twenty, Lastro was fined thousand dollars for inappropriate chat in an Overwatch League match. The event became a large meme in the Overwatch scene. Yeah, look, yes. again, all I'm gonna say is this: is and uh, it's such a good meme. Is guys, give give your esports team more than a year. That's all I'm saying. Like you, you. Well, can't... that comes that comes back to what we've been taught. We were talking about earlier, which is the Houston Outlaws have legacy to them they don't just wipe their entire roster and start over like we are a team that has built upon the past seasons for whether that has worked for us for better or worse we have kept legacy around Mm -hmm. in some capacity so before we get to the legacy part of it um you know our i think our support roster is very solid we've got merit coming in um as our final dps how are we feeling about that uh, well, Pelican was on O2 Blast when O2 Blast was, you know, doing pretty well mm-hmm. a few years ago, and then Merritt was on O2 Blast and won it all, won it last year uh, with his team. Uh, but once again, Merritt is a somber player, right. uh, so I don't know if we have enough somber players or not. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna put that out there. But Merritt also has uh, proven himself on the hit scan role, which I feel like we definitely succeed when we have a good hit scan player. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
like when links are used to pop off back in the day mm-hmm. like that was always a nice you know nice moment uh it was it was good to have mm-hmm. um and it's it was nice when happy was a pop off on hit scan as well yeah. um so- unfortunately he is no longer a part of the team so we have to find a new hit scan so hopefully merrick can pick up their pace so- and be the next you know, pop off hit scan yeah. for the so well, I have a bit of a thought with that. So I don't even mention this kind of well, you know, a lot of hit scan players, but uh, well, the reason I think behind that is I mean, if we're we're, we're taking away one tank, right? Mm-hmm. That means you have to you don't have to worry about double shield, you don't have to worry about or hopefully maybe not have to worry about the brawl style where everything was a matter of just kind of like speed boots go and just punch something in the mouth. Where you needed a lot of AOE, right? Yeah. Um, now it may it, it may be transitioning into a bit more of a spread out, like kind of like just individual, like poke and prod and bait and you know and try to pull off a, an occasional flank and just cut catch someone unsuspectingly or suspectedly or something like that. Um, so it would seem or it would make sense to just have someone or again, a lot more dualist than not, right? Um, we talked about how perhaps one DPS with how tanky the tanks are going to be, one singular DPS probably won't be able to take them themselves, right? So the, the battle is going to be it's just winning your 1v1 and then ganking the rest and, and trying to snowball. So yeah. maybe that's why we're being more, more DPS heavy. You, you um, bring up a good point, Noob. Um, did you want to go ahead, Noob? All right, sorry, Tuna? Oh, well, just about merit. I I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> if if you're watching this and you don't know who Merit is, you're not alone. Um, I don't I don't know who he is. Uh, but I'm looking at his achievements and it seems like success follows him a lot. First place, first place, third place, first place, second place, first place, second place, first place over the you know the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um he's I don't know if he's carrying or if he's getting carried, but he seems to always be successful wherever he goes. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't know who he is, you're not alone. I don't, I have no idea. What about you, Cree? Just being honest. Well, uh, I watched uh, Merit uh, throughout Contenders all last year because I mm-hmm. always watch Contenders. It's so um, good. Contenders is so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and they have some some really great casters over in the mm-hmm. contender scene so oh absolutely please go check it out um sport tier two uh but yeah no uh o2 plus did uh very well with uh merit on their team mm-hmm. um, and i think it was a combination of uh good tanks good dps and you know uh i don't think anyone one person carried mm-hmm. uh over the rest but i feel like it was like a good like team effort uh looking back at their roster it looks like their team has gone all over the league uh the league has picked apart o2 blast uh Mm -hmm. and their players in every team it seems like right now Um, yeah even the shock picked up the their org proper Mm um i saw chio got picked up uh proper merit uh those are the few that i can think of off top of my head but i'm sure the rest uh somehow have made it into the league but i'm just saying um back to the point that noob was making that you know 
we might be expecting a whole different play style with Overwatch 2. Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if uh, Widowmaker became a strong uh, uh, ca- character uh, mm-hmm. pick um, yeah. because uh, you're not going to have sh- like numerous shields blocking your view. Right, right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So there's no Winston bubble to hide behind or, you know, you may have a diva in your face still, but uh, if your team is good at, you know, collapsing on incoming dives, maybe you can neutralize the diva pretty quickly. Uh, Zarya's bubble can only do so much. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hitscan actually plays more of an important role uh, going forward, uh, just simply because there's less tanks in the game to protect you from those, you know, one-shot, one-kill threats. Now, that's not saying they didn't change up how Widowmaker or Hanzo or, you know, any of these other characters work. So it could be possible that Widowmaker can't get one-shot headshots anymore mm-hmm. or Hanzo can't get one-shot headshots anymore kind of thing. That's something we will have to learn as the beta information starts coming out. Like, I, Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And that kind of takes us to the elephant of the room with this whole situation, which is it being Overwatch 2. And I know that we know nothing from behind the scenes. Obviously, Blizzard has not given us any information about it. But we do know the players have had the game for basically like two months now. And like with just that two month training period in mind, how do we feel this is going to play into the beginning of the season? Like, how do you think this is all going to play out? Chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, in my head, it's just going to be chaos because everyone's working on their strats and then all of a sudden someone's going to be like, oh, did you see what San Francisco shocked it? We should do that. So, so, so to your point, Cree, I completely agree because when I think about what the beginning of this season, the Overwatch League is going to be, I think back to the very first season of the Overwatch League and when there was like 10 of us at a bar watching this together and you had what was considered the meta at the time, what was thought of as the meta. And then you had Jake come out against the meta and bring in Junkrat and then just wreck shop with everybody. And they went, okay, well now that's the new meta. How do we fix that? I feel like that's what we're going to be seeing going into the new season of the Overwatch League is we may have guesses to what the meta is, but it's going to be shifting so rapidly that it's going to make for very exciting gameplay. Uh, The fact that the players there's only a few players that have access to this beta or well alpha uh, mm. i should call it yeah um there's only a handful of people that have access to this alpha um so there's only so many people you can play against not like you can go into rank games and be like oh this strat worked for my you know 6v6 team that just happened to you know find a nice pathway uh or pathing to do this and we were able to get nice clean shots on the team uh so there's none none of that it's going to be all just straight brand new and i wouldn't be surprised if they're doing something in the eastern region that Mm. the western region never thought of that'll be really fascinating to see it's going to be like you're gonna see probably some set metas 
because that's what everyone's been scrimming on in the the alpha and then there's probably maybe one or two teams that are like oh we noticed that this character might be a little bit more overtuned than the rest of the characters Mm -hmm. so we're going to bring them out as a surprise you know counter to everything and then you're going to watch the eastern region games and they're going to be played hog uh, genji mccree lucio mercy you know it's 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 in Who my, knows? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, no, to, to Chris's point, in my in my opinion, um, I feel like it's and I hope that it, it is a lot like season one. Uh and by that I mean is you know, you mentioned the, the Jake Rat, right? And you mentioned kind of how like I was like, oh, they, they went against the meta. The 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 reason why Jake Rat was so good during that meta was because we had double res at the moment, right? So the Outlaws were a great defensive team, right? They were able to pull off these amazing holds and pull off like these like squeak just squeak just by with with their offense. Um, and then season two came around, and what did they do? They took away the double res. Mm-hmm. All our defensive capabilities went 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 to hell, right? And so like you spent your entire team kind of building around that, uh, or maybe not the entire time building around it, but like that that is your strength. And as I mentioned, it kind of goes away, right? Yeah. Um, and now you're kind of trying to find your identity. And and there were instances, there were there was um, moments in which it could have been the case where we could have turned it around, but maybe fortune doesn't go your way. Um, so now we find ourselves in this in this brand new environment. Kind of how you mentioned of like, what is the meta? What is going to work? What's going to be strong? What isn't? different reasons will we'll try different things and see things differently, right? Um, so I think that it, it, it brings in a, the same sort of excitement as a season one does. Um, but that being said, oh man, I, I just, I hope that they don't, that the answer to everything is nerf everything into the ground. Because the second that you do that, I mean, like you, imagine being a pro team, right? And you're like, okay, guys, okay. Sorry, drink again, right? That's like <laughs> saying, all right, guys, guess what? The league is going to let us run the spread offense, spread everything wide. We're going to spread out the shotgun. And then after four weeks, they're like, actually, the spread offense is a little OP. Other teams aren't built for it. So you got to run Power Eye now. Come the fuck on. I'm sorry that I didn't, that, that, that I figured it out and you didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, instead of nerfing everything, maybe buff a couple of things, right? So instead of like handicapping or hamstringing a team because they figured out something that you should have, it's not on them. Because let's be real, players have lives. Players train nonstop. We've all seen it. All of us know this firsthand. Like Mm -hmm. players will sit at their PC for 12 hours on end, grinding, watching VODs, talking to their coaches, right? Just so they can be like, hey, by the way, those past thousand hours that you just spent, forget all of that. We're trying something new. Come on. Like, that's not fair to the players. Um, and, 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 and I I really hope that the devs learn from that. And I know they're under a lot of stress and a lot has happened with the company. Yeah. I, I, I get that. I really do. But I mean, we have to, we have to find a common ground here, right? Like, if it's going to be rough, it's going to be rough, but, but like, don't, don't yeah don't nerf everything into the ground right right into, right right off the gate like find a way 
to just as hard as it is, we just got we just got to do better. True. Tuna, how do you think the beginning of the season is going to play out? Just in your head, just if you close your eyes and said, this is how the beginning of the season is going to work out. What do you think? So I know y'all were saying it's going to be chaos madness, but that that's kind of thinking about like sporadic hero bands for me. Like we're not doing that this year. They're going to be scrimming like under NDA for a few months. And then I think there's, there might be a pretty established meta where it's, it might even be like a mirror to start off the season mm-hmm. just because we don't get to see anything that's going on because it's all under NDA. So right. I think it could have an established meta right off the gates, to be quite honest. Interesting. Cool. And that's what I was saying. I think there will be an established meta, but I think it's going to be different between the two different regions. And then I think that there's going to be one team that figured out the thing that defeats the established meta and they hold it to themselves <laughs> until the day. I can of, see that. That's that's pretty strong. Where the chaos is going to come in. Yeah. Because, you know, when they were screaming in the uh, Overwatch 2 beta back on the playoffs, or not, I keep saying beta, it's an alpha. It's an right alpha, now. but it's and, fine. And that was like a pre alpha, alpha, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And Sombra, very, very, very overtuned. Yeah. And so once the teams figured that out, they're just like, okay, we're just going to play Sombra. The, now they knew that Sombra was very overtuned early on, but what I'm thinking is there's probably going to be one or two characters that are going to be very, fairly overtuned. There's also mm. so- Sojourn, which I believe is also going to be in the included in uh, season two. Or, sorry, in, rum- in the rumors are, League. yeah, rumors are saying yes. Um, I believe she was announced as a mm. DPS, so I assume she's also going to be in Overwatch two of the uh, Overwatch League. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know how she plays. You know, maybe she's a very niche hero. Maybe she's a very like uh, strong hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a trick with her that not everybody knows yet. I mean, there, you know, there's like uh, animation canceling and stuff that you learn playing the game. Like Anna, mm-hmm. if you do the little punch or something, kind of animation cancel. Yep. And Winston, when he jumps in, if you throw a punch as you uh, yeah, punch, land, land punch. Yeah, you yeah. you you do a little bit of extra damage. You know, there's be st- little stuff like that that you're gonna learn over time, and then someone's gonna be like, "Whoa, when did Winston get this OP?" Or you know, <laughs> you know, it's true, and it is kind of the wild west, get- right? But this is the entire point of this episode is essentially like we're speculating on shit that we know nothing about. Exactly. <laughs> like we're making complete shot in the darks about all this, and like, yeah. so, and, and when we talk about this, we're talking about like there's the switch from Overwatch One to Overwatch Two for the new league. We have the change from six v six to five v five. A lot of teams have had to swap up their entire rosters going into the new seasons. Like off the top of your head, were there any changes to teams outside of the outlaws that caught your attention? Um, well, I was actually looking at this earlier. So, I mean, I made a list of, of players that did catch my attention. Mm-hmm. We, you know, just close to home, Happy, who was on our team, went to the Justice. Um, Crimzo who was on our team went to the Boston uprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so striker who retired from the shock, he also joined Crimzo in the uprising. Um, so Nero going from shock to rain is interesting too. Um, and then. And then shock just 
made a whole new team. They just made life. a whole new team. The shock just said, eh, yeah, we'll start Pretty over. Much. So uh, Moth still doesn't have a team, and the Gladiators replaced him and FD God with Funny Astro. Hmm. Um, Ons, who came out of retirement to join the shock, went to the Gladiators. Okay. And I know that if you were talking about like Widow being meta again, I think Ons is one of the players to do it. That is pretty solid, yeah. Um, cool Matt left the Outlaws, mm-hmm. uh, fan favorite. Uh, Linkser retired from the Titans. Uh, Jexy retired just the other day. He did. Super retired. I, lo- I loved his note, by the way. Jexy's note was yeah. just, yeah, wow. Um, Jongu retired. Uh, Dreamer is either unsigned or he's retired. And then there was all that drama with London Spitfire and Provide. We will not even get into that tonight. But he got but, dropped. Yeah. What I will say is that um, we do hear this kind of sentiment of like, once an outlaw, always an outlaw. And we seem to really feel that with the people that we've lost over time, whether it be Rockus or Lynxer or Jexy, any of them. There always seems to be somebody that replies in the threads being like, once an outlaw, always an outlaw. And I love that family mentality that kind of exists within the outlaws community. It's easy for like the announcers to kind of pick on us as outlaws fans because we're so passionate about it. But like the passion is not just rooting during the games themselves. It's a matter of really embracing it from, you know, beginning of the season to the end of the season. And yeah, like, the people that we cared about have gone on to do other things, but we still root for them and the other things that they do. And it kind of sucks. And you know what I will say as an Outlaws fan, sometimes it feels kind of good when one of the people that we lost went to the enemy team and we see one of our people like take him out because it's like, that's what you get. That's what you get for leaving the (laughs) team, right? But there's still the once an Outlaw, always an Outlaw mentality at the end of the day because it is still a game and we still you know, just love watching these players play. Oh, I was rooting for Jexy all last year when he was on Dallas. I'm not even going to lie. There you go. There you go. Jexy, so, to me, is still like the most – I I've, the, the few times that I met him when we were working for the Outlaws, you know, at the homestand um, and some of the events that we were able to do with him, is just how, how, how bright his personality was, how yeah. full his heart was every time that he would engage with anybody. I just thought he was a freak on Lucio, dude. <laughs> I always mean, showing yeah. up, yes. dominating the kill feed wow. whenever like the allies were struggling. He was always like putting everything he had into it. I recently got one of my coworkers into Overwatch, and he really loves Lucio. And basically, I've just been sending him like Jexy clips. I'm like, if you want to know how to play Lucio, here you go. Here's here's what you have to aspire to. <laughs> to like, play Can Lucio. we talk about the legendary Lucio? The legendary Lucios that the allies have had. We had Boink. That's true. Okay, we had and then we got Jexy, mm-hmm. and and both of them have just had had pure hearts of gold. Um, Boink was not a legendary Lucio. Boy, did you have you? <laughs> he was fantastic. You want to catch his hand? Do you want to catch his hands? Here's, remember, you have to understand again. The meta was not built for it. Yeah, but it wasn't. But it wasn't built for him. He couldn't play. Yeah. I mean, when you, you say f- when you say legendary, I think like FD God, the few- funny Astro. He is still legendary. You mean after legendary. he was out of the league? After he was already out of the league? Anyways, I'm not going to spend an hour talking about this, but I can. We've had I'm legendary Lucio. Lucio. This is all it's, it's come down to. 
Okay. I mean, Jack's, okay. Jack's I'm going to break, I'm gonna break up the fight. Is here for me. I'm going to break up the fight. And we need to spend some time talking about the Houston Outlaws coaching roster. Yep. So back for another season at the helm, we have Jake the Junk Red himself. But on top of that, we have Dong Young, uh, a.k.a. Ho Chi Lee, who's coached none other than the Toronto Defiant. So I need to know, panel, how do we feel about this? Like th- this coaching duo. Well, we still have Junk Buck. So that's a that's our head coach. Um, right. Looking on like the uh, roster and stuff, it seems like the outlaws are promoting more uh, Jake and Junk Buck. Mm-hmm. The the Jake Jake Bunk. The Jake Bunk. <laughs> uh, the, the Jake Bunk. Uh, and those <laughs> the are going to be junk. our those are going to be like the main coaches mm-hmm. uh ho chi lee from what i know is going to be living in is living in australia going to school and he's going to be more of our analyst kind of okay. like review the stats and get the data and you know provide feedback to the players he's the tuna um, of their team <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah he's going to be the one that gets all the information um watches all the other uh, games and mm-hmm. compiles all those informations of like, oh, what could we be doing better? You know, kind of that kind of aspect, which I feel like is a good thing to have for the team, especially if you just have someone that's dedicated to that. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, like the Toronto Defiant, no matter what people may say, weren't bad. They just felt sporadic in their gameplay last season, right? Like all, they, they were all over the place. They were all over the place. Exactly. And so coming into this, if we're keeping junk buck and we've got the, you know, the Jake rat himself, um, I think this is a winning combination. Like I, I know that we are an outlaws related show, but man, looking at this roster, looking at this coaching staff, like maybe I'm getting too far into the hopium, but like, it's very solid. I'm just glad that we don't have this whole like co-head coach thing going on anymore because it was, <laughs> it was like exciting on paper, but then the results just really disappointed me. So I'm excited to see, I'm glad that like we kept junk buck mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad that he's like the sole head coach. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that reason. Okay. I, I know we've talked about this before. We talked about this, and all of us have talked about it uh, in last season, right? Where it was like, well, who's the head coach, and you know who has a final say? And of course, folks, I, you know, we just, just to reiterate, I mean, we don't know. We're not behind the scenes. Yeah, we are not. We are not there in the trenches with them. We're not. In, we're not in the meetings. We're yeah. we're there for some things like community stuff, but mm-hmm. as far as like how the team operates, who makes its final decisions, I, nothing about that, right? So we just—it's got to be speculation as as fans and as folks that have been around, you know, the the environment, the team for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, when when Ed, when I think, okay, drink again, right? I'm sorry. God. It drink again, all right. But look, when a football head coach tells you, ah, oh, I have two quarterbacks. They're both quarterbacks are pretty great. They're gonna be splitting snaps. And I don't have a starting quarterback yet. I don't know who's going to be the that. What that tells you is you don't know who's going to be making the calls. Right. You don't know who you're investing in, right? So, you know, when we heard this would be a, like co-coaches and this and that, I mean, that just, to me, 
outside looking in is that tells me it's like I don't know what we believe in both of them, but maybe they can both figure out the decision. But it and and sometimes you know like having too many cooks in the kitchen just means that you're gonna you know you know you're gonna start a, a, a you know an oil fire there. So it's exactly what happened. It was. Maybe too many I mean, cooks in the kitchen. For I mean, and for all we know, it just it could have been just one of them making the decisions, and we don't know that. This yeah. is pure speculation. But it just you know, and whether that's just for peace of mind as a fan or something like that. But it just feels better when you know, when you say, okay, all right, this person's calling the shots. Great, all in on on something. Yeah, I do. I um, do feel like I feel like Harsha got carried a little bit in terms of like him coming off that grand finals appearance with the, the Titans. But I think I, it just, I mean, the, there wasn't like much coaching to do is like just play goats and um, runaway was good at that. And then as the Titans, they made it to the finals. And then, so I was hyped that we got Harsha, but at the end of the day, I mean, looking back, like the coaching back then was just run goats. I mean, that's right. it. Okay. Are you you guys looking on Wikipedia right now? That's a lot to process. So we're getting close to wrapping up the show here. Um, Obviously at time of airing of this whole thing, not only is the Overwatch League right around the corner, but the first battle for Texas is going to be the opening weekend. And let's face it, the Overwatch League is giving fans exactly what they want. Um, I think it would be too easy to ask for prediction on the battle for Texas on this particular show, because I think how we would all skew But what I'm actually curious about as we start to wrap this whole thing up is looking at the roster we've picked up so far, looking at at the announcements that have been made, what are your predictions for the Outlaws this season? Can I tell you something? I'm going to go first. And I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. All right. Look, brand new season, brand new game, uh, brand new roster. Um. There's a lot of variables here, and I'm looking at the mm-hmm. camera. I'm not even looking at where we're recording. So I'm looking at the viewer. You're looking at me. I'm looking at yeah. you. This is me looking, looking at him. you. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. There's a lot of unvari- there's a lot of variables that we can control that we hope work out in our favor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as fans, you are invested. That's great. Mm-hmm. We all are, right? And we will uphold each other as a family as we have for the past four years, all right? If there's one thing that we know is that, you know, the Outlaws Nation, the LSV will always be there to help you out. Heck, I, two of my roommates now are LSV members. I met them through the LSV. I've, I have four LSV members that work for my company now because I met them through the LSV, mm-hmm. right? You have three roommates that are LSV. Uh, I have three. Yeah, but two of them work with me. So three LSV members that are, that yeah. Oh, they have to work with you and they have to live with you to count (laughs) as this metric. Oh my God. Anyways, Tuna, we were having a hard moment, but what I'm saying is um, at the end of the day, the one, the the one thing that we can't control is ourselves. Right? So regardless of the outcome, enjoy yourself, go out there, be happy, hang out with their fellow, with their fellow outlaw, hang out with the person across the aisle, have a great time. Okay. Don't be the guy or person that brings down the mood in the room. Don't be the guy that turns around and starts yelling so, at someone's says, face. Says the man that's like, fuck 5v5. True. That. Oh, you didn't the, say it on the podcast. That, no, that, that, that's a game mode, not in not IRL sports. <laughs> that's a game mode. 
Right. I'm talking, I'm talking about the, the the camaraderie that you have in an arena, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You're 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 in an arena. You're you're everyone in that arena is enjoying the game that is Overwatch. Enjoy together. Don't spoil it for anyone else. Don't be rude. Don't be callous. Don't don't think that just because they're from Dallas that they're worth that they're less than you. Just you know. Don't be don't nice. go don't go throwing down hands in the crowd because you can't get along because <laughs> All right. your team's just for, just first be nice. episode just be nice. first, Thanks, first Thanks, battle people. aside. Cree, how are you feeling about our roster for the season? How do you think it's gonna how it's gonna work? Or you, an option is I just don't know because we haven't seen Overwatch two yet. <laughs> but that's that's mainly where I'm leaning is uh, I just don't know. Um, it's really hard to make predictions as to what I expect the season's going to be because yeah. I have no idea what expectations or predictions I have for the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's a beta, it's going to be changing constantly. Uh, the only people that have been playing on the beta have been professionals. Yeah. So once the casual player base enters into the beta you know metrics there's going to be heroes that are really really good for the pro players but not very good for the casual players and overwatch has made it known in the past that they want it balanced for all players so Mm -hmm. you're going to see these like higher tier caliber players or characters get tuned down a few notches um luckily they have overwatch proper as a basis uh but having taken the second tank out of the mix you're going to have probably some overpowered tanks some underpowered tanks um i remember uh there was a point in time where diva was just not getting used in you know the scene and she had to have changes made that made her, you know, viable again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the casual player base just kind of really never understood how to play Diva, but the the pro player base mastered, and you know, Diva just became a staple. Uh, and that's that's how Overwatch has always balanced itself. And you know, you see t- tweaks and changes made to Diva that you know keep her in check for the yeah. most part but you know it's it's going to happen once the the casual base enters into the scene there's going to be characters that get changed we uh we have to accept the happen. chaos and uh yeah it's it's going to be yeah it's gonna be chaotic <laughs> I, I, there's no other word i could think of it uh just because it's just a lot's going to happen in a short period of time mm-hmm. and i don't know there's not enough there's not enough time for them tuna before i go players. do you have any predictions for the season well it's definitely like the best roster that we've ever had uh, i know last year we were kind of hyped on the roster but i was also very iffy on it um with like you know we got juby and happy and 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 a bunch of players we didn't know mm-hmm. so i was i was excited but iffy i i really feel good about it this year um you you asked about who's going to win dallas or houston i feel like these are the two like highest like well we haven't seen this team play yet but these are the mm-hmm. two scariest rosters that dallas and houston have had 
So it's, it's going to be a, like a knockdown drag out battle, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like um, Houston's going to have a huge advantage because no one knows how to read us. And, and we haven't, we haven't lost yet because we haven't played yet, but Dallas went out, you know, well, we do um, also have players that have actually played together on our team. Well, but Dallas, Dallas, they, they their roster, Dallas's roster looks a lot like last year and mm-hmm. they fell short last year right. when they looked like favorites. They, they the are going to be, they're going to be like really fighting hard, which I mean, good on them. Like, you know, as much as we can crap talk Dallas, like they have been fighting really, really hard, making genuine improvements. Yeah. But they do have the opportunity to get insecure and say, well, this is the same well, not the same, but this is close to the roster we had last year and we fell short. Mm-hmm. And I think Houston could take advantage of that and we can surprise them and win. And if we do win, I wouldn't even be surprised because our roster is going to kick ass. Mm. But agree. Dallas is scary. I'm not saying Dallas <laughs> is going to peel over. Dallas is going to be a scary team this year. They've never looked as good as they do now. So I'm, I'm gonna we're going to have to Debbie, earn a win. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. I'm going to say I'm going to be surprised if we win. Okay, so I'm going to go in a, in a weird direction with this. I know that we are starting to wrap up the show. It's about time to close everything out. Um, my big concern is that looking at our roster, we have such a solid roster that we that in my heart of hearts, I think that we could take the whole thing. My concern that I've had since the beginning of the Overwatch 2 announcement is that Houston could take the whole thing and then people could very easily say will you won on the season where it was the beta mm-hmm. and that's a that's the thing that's upsetting to me because we have such a strong roster i'll take you that know, problem any day they're they're going it's a good so problem hard. to have but like the fact that we could take the entire overwatch league championship based on this roster alone and the fact that somebody's going to dial back probably from dallas saying well you know you won on the beta season well guess what i mean somebody had to i mean it's okay. it's yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that argument any day. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's everything that we have time for this episode. The new season of Overwatch League is upon us, and more inter- importantly, it's time to get hyped for a whole new season of watching the Houston Outlaws play. Don't forget the tickets are still available for the first homestand to see the Houston Outlaws play against Dallas. They are still available at time of this recording. And honestly, uh, we would love to see you out there if you can make it. We would love to have you cheering on the Houston Outlaws with us. If you want to send us your love for the outlaws to read on air, hit me up on Twitter at GNGGCast. Check out our main show, Good Night and Good Game, which is a weekly nerd news roundup, which is available on any podcast providers and Spotify. And until next time, heroes, good night and good game.